Hey there, I'm Emlyn Miles Mattingly, your host for the Minority Money Podcast. I'm glad you're here. You know why? Because this is the place you can come to get your weekly finance, family, and fitness motivation, not only to experience success in those areas for yourself, but also to help others in our community achieve greatness too. Super happy that you're on the show with me. So let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. And today we are going to jump right into this. I've been excited, been wanting to have Patty back on. And today we are joined by Patty Villegas once again. If you haven't heard her on the podcast before, please go back and listen. She was in the podcast last year. I believe it was for... Uh, growth Mindset. Yes, it was Growth Mindset. No, no, no. I'm trying to think of the time because I brought you on for a special that we were doing. I think it was during... Hispanic Heritage Month of last year of 2020. I think that was the first time we had. So if you want to listen to that first incredible action-packed episode, you need to go back to that one. That's back in last September. But welcome back to the show, Patty. Thank you, Emlyn. I really appreciate you re-inviting me to your show. I'm really excited to catch up with you. I did want to go ahead and reintroduce myself, even though we already did a podcast. I'm currently a college and career coach consultant. So I provide career development programs and workshops to organizations, universities, and high schools around the areas of career planning and academic success. So my consulting business has completely shifted from our last conversation. So I'm excited to touch bases about the changes and the new ideas that I have coming along. Awesome. Awesome. And so today we're going to be talking about achieving career satisfaction. That's something that Patty helps people with. And just kind of talking about the journey of an entrepreneur and just some things that's been going on with you. I've been able to watch from social media. I've seen you out speaking and I've seen the brand growing and everything. So it's awesome to see, have you on a year ago and then have you back on now and say, to see the things that have begun to happen from the conversations we had, you know, so that's pretty awesome. So if you wouldn't mind, catch us up, get us up to speed with what's going on with you. Definitely. So when I first started my business, I started from scratch. I didn't really have any role models or anybody guide me or tell me, Patty, start a business. It was more of something that enlightened in me when I had supposedly AK made it, right? I got a good job. I got my master's degree. I got two good jobs. I was working at the county. I was a college professor. And then just something just hit me, Emlyn. And I said, I need to do something more with my life than just come in and clock in and then clock out. And I felt that I was really, really eager to learn more about myself and how to join the business component with my current skill sets because I had no idea and I was never really business savvy and I went to school to be a social worker. So the shift was 360 of the idea that I had in mind. But let me remind you that I am a Latina woman. So historically, Hispanic and Latina women typically have gender roles that they must practice in the household. And so the Latinas are expected to stay at home with their kids, take care of their husband, definitely just have that wife hat on and not take it off and not think bigger about themselves or their career plans because their job is to maintain the household. I definitely found myself questioning, well, if I'm going to become a business owner or if I'm going to have my own business, am I going to steer away from the gender role that I already had adapted and accepted that I will one day take on. When you think about a person who basically was shaped in a specific way based on what their family believes they should do or their beliefs are transferred to them when they're growing up, 
it's hard to break away from those thoughts and think bigger about your vision and yourself. And I found myself always questioning, well, man, this business is time consuming. How am I going to do this when one day I become a mom or I become a wife? And I don't even have any children now and I'm not even married now. But because my roles as a Latina woman, I really felt that it was beating me up because I saw how much time consuming this was. And I had no idea how I was going to branch away and become a CEO or a business owner, knowing that one day I want to have a family. Fast forward, I launched my business and I'm completely happy with the outcome of what's happening in my business as a career and college coach. And along the lines of being an entrepreneur, I picked up a lot of great things that I feel that took time to really adapt to. And I think like hearing you say that the cultural things that you bring up, those are things that are not talked about. Like it's there and people know it, but no one never comes out and say it. So first of all, bringing it up and then understanding your ability to like navigate that, those feelings. Like I have these two things that I want and who says I can't have them both, right? Who says I can't have them both, right? And so it's kind of interesting to hear that. Not kind of, it's absolutely interesting because I see it even in my own wife. I see when the career thing, she's a bank manager, she went to college, graduated, did that. And now she's a career woman, right? But we have kids to see that balance because she loves doing both. She loves working and she loves being a mom. It's our job to support that and help and create the culture within your own family that's conducive for that. I think that's huge. And I'm glad that you brought that up. As a Latina entrepreneur, like talk about that, because I think you were leading right into that as you're discussing those gender roles and how you were feeling about it. How does that play into being an entrepreneur? Being a Latina woman, as an entrepreneur, I think it's definitely important to keep in mind that automatically you're already stereotyped. When you step in a room that no one looks like you, no one speaks like you, no one speaks Spanish, no one comes from the same background, there's automatic stereotypes that they have about a specific populations, and one of them is Latina women. Me knowing that, I felt a lot of imposter syndrome. And I think when as a solo entrepreneur trying to create something from scratch, you get intimidated, you are afraid to speak up when it's time to speak up or even ask for the resources because you feel like it won't be an intelligent question. So now when I think about someone who has the same background as me and wants to pursue a a career or a business, I think about the times when I first started and the breakthrough that I had within myself as to it doesn't matter where my background is or my nationality. It really matters of what I believe about my capabilities and what am I going to do with my resources that are available to me at hand. So I think changing my mindset about who I was and stop labeling myself as a Latina woman and knowing these stereotypes, I had to just focus about what are my strengths? Why do people need me? Why is my opinion as important at that table, at that partnership, because my perspective brings value. And that shift of mindset about my capabilities and how being a Latina woman in business is an advantage shifted the game for me because that's when I knew that I believed in myself so much. It didn't matter if I was in a table with 10 white men that were over 50 years old. I knew they needed me. And that's what made me feel more confident in business because I knew my value. So powerful with what you're saying. 
And I want to ask you this, it's a follow-up question to that. So you were talking about this as, as a Latina woman, but I think all minorities run into that same thing, right? And I think you're speaking from that perspective, but why do you think minorities struggle with that in general? Tell me, why do you think that is? I think minorities struggle with self-doubt because historically we have racial systematic and institution discrimination and distrust issues. That means is that historically, we have not been invited to these tables. We have not been looked at as the superior at this organization. When we are at these tables, we don't see no one that looks like us. So it's a lot harder for us to speak up or to take on that role when we haven't seen it in our homes, in our actual community. We are afraid to jump into a pool when we don't know we're going to swim or sink because no one from our background has done that. So when we're reaching new levels of heights of business or just in general, just moving up in your life, you are going to come across new individuals. But that self-doubt is embedded in a lot of minorities because we haven't seen it anywhere else. And so I think that has a lot to do with why we think the way that we do when we're first starting off. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And I think that this would lead into, so one of the things that I always talk about with people that are to get a job is I always talk about negotiating. One thing that we always talk about is negotiating the salaries. A couple of my friends here recently were getting some new jobs and they didn't know that they had the negotiating guru giving them some pointers because all of them got everything they asked for. Always ask for what you want. They got pretty damn close to the dollar amount that they asked for, the benefits, the time off, all those things. The reason why I'm bringing that up is because how do you think being a minority or being a Latina in this instance can affect your career satisfaction with some of the things that we're talking about, right? And I'm going on on this a little bit, but I think that sometimes we're just happy to get the job and then we start in a place where we shouldn't start. We might be overqualified to be at that position. And I think that may lead to some dissatisfaction in your career. Talk to us a little bit about that. How do people achieve career satisfaction? Definitely. I think that an individual who's trying to reach career satisfaction, and if you're a Latina or just a person from a minority background, it's important to keep in count that it's okay to be able to get a job and pay the bills, but don't give up on the bigger picture. You could get a job temporary, but still go out there and find something that you naturally like to do or you're naturally good at. I think the reason why people just settle for any job and they're content with it because it's paying the bills is because sometimes often they don't think about what else can make them be more fulfilled or more happy in life. And once we tap into that inner you, that inner talents and the inner skill sets that you already naturally inhibit, then we have to figure out where are those careers that can align with our values and our talents and we could express them. Many people, and this is the biggest problem, I think, with at least for Hispanic and Latinos, Mm -hmm. we get a good job, and good job can be anywhere from $30 to $50 an hour, but in our culture, that you made it. You know, you got a job that pays us a decent wage, and we want to be safe, and we don't want to get out. And I think one of the things that I always see is that I see my uncle, who's a great guitar or a pianist, and he is amazing at it, but he's working in construction. Or I see my tia, who's a great chef, but she's working under a hotel. And so I'm just wondering as to why they're not reaching their full talents into these industries that will allow them to practice what they naturally are good at. And the, one of the main things is that 
they are not going out there to achieve their goal because they haven't done the inner work as to what do they want from life. Just sit on that. What do you want from life? Do you want to live and work that job for the rest of your life? If that's a yes, then by all means, stay there. But if in 10 years from now, you want to go back and you still want to be working at that job, then that's going to affect your mental health, your happiness and your career satisfaction. You got to think about what you want in the future so that you could take the steps to go find career satisfaction. How many times have you talked to someone and asked them what they want out of life that they don't even know? All the time. People don't know what they want, but what we do to help them identify what they want, I always do journaling with them. I always provide these exquisite questions as to what is it that really makes you happy. Think about the last time that you did something that really made you feel with joy and happiness. What are some things that you are naturally drawn to? What are some things that you can do every day and not get tired of it? Because every industry will allow you to practice what you love, but you just got to find the right profession, the right career, the right company to be able to practice the things that you already naturally do. But it just takes some people to do some self-reflection, self-awareness, and really dig deeper as to what they're used of because we don't do a lot of inner work. We are taught in school, read this, write this, but no one really teaches us how to think about ourselves and how do we put that on paper and take action after we know who we are. I think that what you're saying about inner work is all of it's absolutely, I agree with it. And when I think about the inner work, I think about 2020 and I think about the way everything happened. We got this global pandemic and everybody's inside, trapped inside. And there was two sets of people I would like to narrow it down to. I'd like to narrow it down to two people, people that were able to establish how to get some inner work done and people that weren't. Because when you were by yourself, especially if you were single, if you were single during COVID and you didn't have an ability to do inner work, you probably regressed out of 2020. Because there's a large group of people that actually progress. And I think since we're talking about inner work, hiring a therapist or a counselor is so taboo in minority community, in the black community for sure, right? You can't have someone, how are you going to go talk to someone about your problem? <laughs> you're going to do that. And how are you going to do that as a black man? How do you do that? Last year, I got a therapist. I mean, last year was great because we got some inner work done and I found out some stuff about myself and that self-awareness piece that you're talking about. The inner work is really, I think, self-revelation and that a heightened sense of self-awareness. And then I think what happens is that's how I, I think I've achieved some career set. I'm just take, going through what you're saying. I was like, I, I think I had the most career satisfaction after I was able to find out what I really wanted. Not that I didn't know, but the being more self-aware about what I really, really do like and what I really, really don't like. Because <laughs> yeah. I think that's important. And so that's awesome. So I heard you say something when you were talking about your uncle and your aunt, their ability to do something, but never, ever stepping into that scary word, that entrepreneurship. Why do you think that? I mean, I know you talked about the inner work and stuff like that, but I know you see tons of people like that, especially with the work that you do. How do you help them? And can you give us some results? If you said this one person, this is like, you know, don't give us names or whatnot, but someone that you actually did help. Definitely. For one, the person must want it themselves. There's nothing that no one can give you, no strategy, no formula, if the person doesn't see them as excelling or someone who can be bigger and better, there's no way we could help that person. I know so many people who are so talented, but yet they're content making 
$13 an hour and that's okay for them, right? Whatever is satisfaction to you and what makes you happy, by all means, it doesn't matter how much you make. If that job makes you happy, you're content with that's okay. I just want to just clarify that there's going to be two types of people, people who are very okay with the everyday normal, being content with their job and not moving anywhere else and just retiring. And that's totally okay. That's okay for them. But then we have the individuals who want more or know they're talented, but they don't step into that zone. And I think with those individuals, it's a lot of mindset training as to helping them gain confidence and helping them realize on their own that, hey, you are talented and these are the ways that you can monetize those talents. I think a lot of people, even for myself, I struggled as an entrepreneur in the beginning. I used to say this to myself, I don't have enough experience. I just graduated. I'm too young. I don't have any business knowledge. And all these things came to my mind. And I think when we're stepping into something new, we always create a list as to why doesn't something work or won't work in our favor. And I think as soon as we eliminate that list and we start thinking about why can I bring something to the table? What do I have? What do I know? Then we start creating this confidence to help us leap to the next direction. One of my clients, we had a client who was just afraid of applying for an executive position. She's like, I don't have enough experience. You know, I've been at this position. And I'm like, how long have you been with that company? She's like, 10 years. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't have enough experience? Like, you know that company in and out. If anybody can run that company, it can be you. And she was so stuck on the idea that I've never had that position before, an executive position. And what I shared with her is that, look, there's always going to be a first to everything. The president had his first day as a president. You know, I had my first day as a college professor. You had a first day as an entrepreneur. And everybody will have to just, I guess you can say, be accustomed to or adjust to the new role. And with time, you're going to be able to do well. You're going to make mistakes, but accept that those mistakes are going to make you better. And as soon as we started having these conversations and this constant mindset trainings, it seemed that she was pivoting to something bigger and better. Soon enough, she did apply. She took the role and she got hired. So it's definitely a lot of mindset work for individuals who are not stepping into that zone. A lot of the times it's just they need a little reassurance that they're capable of doing so. Absolutely. And it sounds like, is that like the recipe to overcome imposter syndrome? Is that how you take people through that? Or is there some more that you do when you're talking about that? Well, the recipe of imposter syndrome, I think, to be honest with you, I think imposter syndrome is just something we are probably all going to feel in business. At some point, it doesn't matter how long you've been in business, you're going to meet someone way more successful than you, way more intelligent, way more advanced. And I think the recipe for helping individuals just overcome imposter syndrome is just increasing their self-value and self-worth so that when they are in these rooms, they still remember who they are. They know exactly who they are. And that's the recipe that I kind of play a part. It's your mindset, self-awareness, self-value. And as soon as we know those three things, we can get you in any room because now you're willing to show up. Now you're willing to still apply. Now you're willing to make that speech despite who's in the audience. And everything that you ever want is on the other side of your comfort zone, right? that's going to be part of that imposter syndrome. You have to be able to step out of your comfort zone. That's where the growth happens. And so once you have that self-worth, the self-awareness and the ability to be in that room, what I said, now that you're there, understand that you belong there. You belong here. And I tell that to people in whatever industry you go into and whatever career path that you may choose, if you're a minority 
or woman minority, you are going to be in a situation if you are the first from your family, maybe you may be the first generation that's gone to college, check. Maybe you're the first generation to be an entrepreneur, check. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that you're doing and you have to understand that you belong there. You belong in that room because you worked hard. You probably had to work twice as hard as everybody else that's in the room. Exactly. Exactly. And I do want to also bring up, Emlyn, that, for example, the Latino GDP, Mm -hmm. it mentioned that we are the third largest fasting growing in the U.S. And so when we are generating about $2.3 trillion, when we think about how we want to grow in business or we want to create a platform where we are in these rooms, we have to keep in mind, we're already there as a population. We're already taking over. But if you could get outside of your own mindset limitations and be able to step out of your zone and go out there and get it, know that you have a massive amount of people already in that zone with you, but you just have to find those resources, be willing to step out of your zone, join those organizations, meet new people. I met Emlyn through, I think it was Instagram or a mutual friend. And here we are again. And I'm pretty sure if I ever need Emlyn, he'll be more than happy to connect and share any resources and same by versa. So definitely keep in mind that in entrepreneurship, imposter syndrome will kick in, but you will always have that group of people. If you go out of your comfort zone and seek that support and create those networks that can help you along the lines of your business. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Patty, as you know, this is the Minority Money Podcast. where We are changing the complexion of wealth. And I always start with, these are some of the questions that I like to ask. And I don't think you had to answer these last time because we were doing a special. So now we get to hear your answers on this. So what motivates, inspires you to continue to learn and grow and lead? What motivates me to inspire, grow and lead is knowing that my face and my skills will be able to leave little seeds and other Latina children and youth and adolescents to become bigger and better people throughout their generation. And so I think what really inspires me to become something bigger and lead the younger generation is to really become a role model that I didn't have when I was growing up and becoming that resources for individuals that I knew I needed. And I could have been in a much better place right now if I had those people early on in my life. Definitely an aspiration is my own personal story as to what I know would have helped me when I was younger and how life would have been different if I would have had those role models as a teenager, as an adolescent, young adult, and being that person for others today. Nice. I like that. I like that. Do you think education plays a big part in wealth building? Definitely. Education plays a huge role in wealth building. And in fact, that's the only way you're going to grow your wealth. It's an ongoing process. You have to keep growing your knowledge to grow your money. There's no way that individuals who are extremely successful today just sit on their money and just let it grow on their own. They're always constantly growing their knowledge, how to make more. Money is like a snowball. You just have to make it grow and grow and grow. There's no way that you get the money and then it just get a piece of it and then you go broke again. You go, no, it's knowledge that you learn and you obtain from books or podcasts or definitely from your people who you inspire to be like, like your mentors and your coaches, learning those steps and then definitely applying that knowledge to your everyday life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. If you could offer a piece of advice for our listeners, 
or pieces. You can give more than one, Patty. You can give more than one. If you had some parting gifts for them, what would you tell them? What I would tell them is that the moment that you decide to view yourself as a bigger and better person and you start acknowledging that you bring more value to the world than what you are typically used of thinking about yourself, I think the advice that I would give you is go out and explore places that make you feel whole, that allow you to express your true authentic self. Whether if you're an artist or a singer or a social worker, you like to help the poor, whatever it is that you really enjoy, go and do that. Because we spend life just working, hanging out with the wrong crowd sometimes, doing meaningless things. And I think if the moment that you step into more circles that make you feel whole and make you practice what you love, that's how you'll maintain a much happier life. If you could do that, you'll change the whole trajectory of your life because happiness plays a huge part on how fulfilled you are. Love it. I love it. Wise words, wisdom, soak it up, soak it (laughs) up, soak it up. If people want to get more of you, Patty, where are you active? What social medias are you active on? And where can people get more of Patty? Definitely. So if anybody wants to get in contact with me on LinkedIn, I'm under Patty Viegas. My website is www.pattyviegas.com. And then also you can find me on LinkedIn as the Latinx Career Coach. I'm most active on my LinkedIn now, kind of not used as Instagram as much, but I'm definitely still active on LinkedIn. And if you want to write me a personal email, you can do so at pattyviegas.info at gmail.com. Awesome. And we will have all those links in the show notes. So if you are just listening to the show, all you have to do is just go to the notes at the bottom and you can click one of those links. You can link up with Patty any one of those ways. Once again, thank you for coming on the show, Patty. It's always a pleasure to have you on and just sit back and chat. And like I said, I've been able to watch you grow and it's been awesome to see the business grow and just watch how you are continuing to help people overcome these things. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you. I appreciate it, Emlyn. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. As you all know, this is the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. Until next time. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening on now and give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP. To support and be supported by others just like you. And again, we're glad to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it can't be your complete one-stop shop. I know, I know, that really sucks. But I don't know anything about your specific situation. So please reach out to an attorney or CPA, or you can reach out to me, a financial planner, to help you with your specific situation. To get a hold of us, please reach us at fan at Minority Money Podcast. That's F-A-N at Minority Money Podcast so we can get to know you there. Thanks for being here and until next time.